you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, bringing you into another edition of Fan Wagon Nerds. Fan Wagon Nerds is, of course, part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. That's right. Always use your head and head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot to support us in that endeavor. We have quite the show. I am joined by two of the three OGs that are usually on this program with me. Dave having a little audio problems. He's going to try to get on when he can. So we may get Dave. We may not. That's okay because I still have a bandwagon. I still have quite a full bandwagon, three quarters full. That's always good. We've got Mr. Saturday Night himself. PC Tunny, how you doing, sir? He's doing a little discoing. Yeah, uh, back from a little vacation and wishing I had a day to recover from it, but good to be on the bandwagon. Excellent. Well, this is like a day it of recovering is. from vacation. This is fun, fun, fun it stuff. It's glad to stuff. be glad we to be also, home. Glad to be here. Uh, welcome, welcome home. Welcome home, as they say at Disney World. We also have with us my favorite man to boo, the Reverend Raymond S. Cashington Esquire, the seventy fifth. Welcome back to the program. We're glad to have you. Seventy-four Raymond S. 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 Choirs before you have come and gone. You're number seventy-five. Um, thank wow. you. And, it's a lot. And it's th- a lot of Raymond S. Cashington. It's we we run deep around here. Um, thank you for that, and thank you for that rousing introduction. Yes, what's going hey, on? Hey, you know, we're here for you. By the way, folks, just so you're not confused. It's R E Y M O N D S Cashington, the 75th Esquire. Like, you got to make sure you spell it properly. 75th. It's the Esquire did it, that's the real Did it just go up one while we were doing this? Because I thought it started with 74 and well, then no, there it was 75. There were 74 before. Oh. There were 74 before. I thought, like, we gained. Day. I mean, it would only make sense if we gained one during, like, you know, the conversation. Well, we never know how many. We never know how many Raymond S. Cashington Esquires came before. The current iteration from week to week. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. You know, today it was 74 before you. We're like the King Louis. You nobody knows how many of them there are. They just keep popping yeah, up. Just everywhere. Guys, I you know, Tony, I'm happy to hear you're back on vacation. I've accomplished a lot this week. I became a two-time bowling alley bar trivia champion. Oh wow, congratulations on that. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to hit your own yes. applause, uh I don't know, I can't find it. That's fine. I, I, I won it wire to wire too, like owned that bitch. Which is great because the final question is a like monster bonus question that usually results in people getting leapfrogged, and I've avoided it twice. Been in, been in first place, and then got the got the final question to stave off all opponents. This week, I knew approximately how many popes have existed in the Roman Catholic Church. That's impressive. Two hundred sixty. Two hundred sixty. Thank you. Let's hear it for me. Um, so, yeah, what did you do on your vacation? I was going, I was in La Crosse. So that's uh, right on the Mississippi River here in Wisconsin. It yep. is about an hour west of from where Patrick was in the Dells. And uh, we had eight guys and we went golfing for three days. And after golf, we were staying downtown and a dozen bars, you and, you know, pubs and grill fairs and steakhouses and wine tastings you could go to. So we had a great time just uh, in walking distance. Very good. Very good. Um, 
Ray, what did you do with your wife? Um, I actually had a birthday party. My, uh, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm going somewhere with this. Covered, covered for Tony? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my nieces had a birthday party. Um, so right. me and my daughter got a chance to go hang out with that. Got to get in the pool a little bit, you know, get to hang out with some family I ain't seen in a minute. It was a, it was a much, much needed uh, reprieve, if you will. So the reason I brought this up, and we're going to kick this show off before we get into Secret Invasion. Patrick, talk. what did you do this week? This is usually... <laughs> I, I won. I was a two-time trivia oh, okay. champ. I, I thought that was another shot, lead into this. No, no, no. I shot six thirty um, in my bowling league Ooh, this week. That's impressive. That's good. And here, here's here's the impressive part of shooting six thirty. My first game, I shot a one fifty-seven. Oh. And and then my two games on top of that got me to a six hundred and thirty average. Impressive. So I I, I went one fifty-seven, then went two fifty-six and a two twenty. So it was tore uh, it up. 220 is, um, 220 is really nice. 256 makes someone go, oh, okay. Anything over 250 is like, yeah. I mean, you were working. Well, how many did you have? Here, uh, we, how many, um, let's see. We only won one game out of the three because the two guys I was bowling, um, one in one game went front 10. For those of you who don't know, that's 10 strikes in a row. And another guy in a different game went front nine. Uh, the, the guys, one of the guys' averages is so good that he has no handicap. Oh, like nice. he's, so we won one game. I uh, and that was the game I shot the two fifty six. Like that was that was the one we. You won. got any three hundred? And it was just I have never shot a three. What's your high? Two eighty. Shot at two eighty. I got you. What? I got you. Yeah. How many do you have? I had the first ten. I had a two eighty nine. Yeah. I, yeah. I got a. Can't remember what I. Yeah, it's been so long, but yeah, I've done 280, I've done 279 a couple of times. Basically, that means I had an open frame. Like, what's your when average? somebody does it, they have an open frame somewhere. What's your average? My average currently is 200 on the nose. Okay, so you're a good, yeah. you're a good 13 pins average, better than I am though. So you're a better bowler. I just had one lucky game. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Here's why I'm asking what we did this week. Because let me tell you what we didn't do this week, listener. This is usually our biggest show of summer. You know why? Because San Diego Comic-Con happened this week and very little that we have talked and covered came to fruition. It was it but here's what we got. We got some Star Trek news. There was some Walking Dead news. It's not that like it's not that there weren't panels. We did get a little bit of DC news and we're gonna talk about some of that later on in the show. But on the whole, as we expected, we've been talking about this for weeks, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. Studios didn't do panels. So many studios pulled out before even, yeah, pull, pulled out of the show, pulled out of San Diego Comic-Con, you perv. Um, I know, I know where I went, but you made the little O face, so don't act like you didn't. You act like you don't know, but you know what you did. Um, so you, you studios pulled out, and then this the, the, the strike has happened, so actors stopped um, because they can't, because they're not going to get paid. And, and here we are. We had... What normally is like this week that we tend to get geared up for, like I was even thinking back, and and let's real quick, let's do a quick sound check. Dave, Dave Ungar, are you with us? I think so. David Ungar is with us. He <laughs> sounds so different though, because he's not on his own setup, and it's so weird to hear like echo from from you, man. It's like you're, you're is it is it echoing? Not echoing, but like you know how it like. Oh. Um, I don't know how to describe. Upgrade. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. you won't like it, but we can hear. It.
right, here we are in the penultimate episode of Secret Invasion, episode five. And we're going to talk about the episode. We're going to talk about the things that happened. I'm going to start by revisiting a complaint I had in episode four that it's a little thing, but it frustrated the crap out of me while watching the show. And that is Talos's body. Because I'm sitting here. We have this big firefight at the end of episode four. We have Talos tragically dying. Nick Fury cannot take Talos's body with him. He drags the president off and gets the president to the hospital. Uh, he then tells Gaia about what happened. Gaia and Nick have this have this heart to heart. Gaia says, I want to go bury my father. I just don't understand where in any real scenario Talos's body is just still there to be picked up. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like, because here's the thing. It doesn't make sense. So it doesn't make sense that two governments discovering that scrolls are amongst us. The footage is on television of Talos like half transforming. And there's, a, you know, they make a point to show on the BBC, you know, scrolls are here. And you're telling me that neither of, like, I get that the scrolls wouldn't take Talos's body. But the United States government, there's all these soldiers around. Nobody in charge is like, take that body? Like, what? Like, what are you doing? And then, if they do take the body, then you're telling me that Gaia can, like, is so good at infiltrating, is she going to be able to walk out of any facility with that body to go bury? No. No. No, 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 no. Um, other than that, we also learned that uh, Nick Fury's up to some Batman-level shit. With the uh, with the uh, the harvest, which because that way, like that's the other thing that's like straight out of Batman and the Justice, mm-hmm. right? Like that, like that. There's no Ooh. like, yeah. There's no like. There's just no equivalent like that I that I can think of. But I sure know Batman. That, that's Batman level shit. Um, and and you know we learned that Ravik is threatening to basically uses he uses Rava uh, to to say that we'll release footage showing the scroll compound in Russia to prompt a United States military strike on Russia, thus leading to World War III. Gravik is showing that he is willing to sacrifice his own people. Uh, he does tar- he does stamp down, at least briefly, people who are not on board with him anymore. Some of his own scrolls are not on board with him. They try to, they try to kill him, and it fails. Uh, but we're heading towards this showdown with Nick Fury, Gravik, and I can't remember the British agent's name that's with him. What's her name? Who was just a delight in this episode. Sophia, right? Sonia. Sophia, yeah. Sonia. Sonia. Uh, who is just a delight in this episode, uncovering everything and then joining Nick at the end. She was a real highlight of the episode. Um, and we get, we're get we going to have a big showdown that somehow has got to connect to Nick Fury going back into space to talk to Carol Danvers. So, uh, Tony. Your thoughts on this episode and how the fuck did Gaia get Talos? And why the fuck did the government take the goddamn alien that they saw and filmed and made viral? I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of started looking over things like that when they, when they killed her and showed us she was a scroll and then, then went and come back the next week and showed us something that had happened previously that we didn't get until it happened already. So that was kind of, didn't enjoy that, but. I'm still enjoying this, and from one of the uh, 
one of the trailers, I, I think we know what this is leading to. So I, I'm pretty excited. I've had a really good time watching this. And like you said, Sonya is, has been an excellent uh, surprise in this thing. I think I do like uh, the shootout with uh, Gaia and uh, Fury's wife. I thought that was a, a really nice, you know, little back-to-back save-your-ass uh, action there. But I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to see what happens in this last episode. Um, who was talking to Fury? I don't know, at the end. Yeah. Go ahead, Rick. Um, first off, a lot of the times when you bring up your qualms about things, and I'm sure you feel the same way about some of my qualms, probably think, eh, it's forgivable. That's pretty unforgivable to me. Thank you! Pretty unforgivable. That's a very, very big, big plot hole. That's pretty unforgivable. <laughs> like, y'all are better than that. So, yeah. Now, I will I will excuse it because they bad in, like, 95 for 100. So, like, you give them a pass. But that's pretty inexcusable. Um, I, what I appreciate about this episode, I mentioned this last time, uh, because we talked about the conversation with, with uh, Gaia and her dad, Talos, and how Gaia was helping Talos, not because she believed in him and his stuff, but because Gravik was, had gone too far. She still believed in Gravik's point. We need to have our own world. Maybe not we need to kill these innocent humans, but we still need to worry about us and have our own place where we can be us. And this episode showed that perfectly show that Gravik has gone gone full megalomaniac that his own people are trying to take him out because they realize something is wrong here this guy is really too crazy i appreciated that and i also appreciated that he continued to go megalomaniac if you noticed he didn't agree to do the stuff with rava until after he got jumped right like screw these dudes go ahead it's it's time to go ahead and put put a finger on the button also probably the funniest moment of the show was when uh, Nick Fury was chilling, trying to protect the president, and then Rhodey comes in, and he's just he or she, knowing that she's Rava, is just like needling him. All right, Nick, watch out, Nick. Don't worry about it, Nick. Be careful. That's hilarious because he's she good stuff. Nose is just under his under his skin. Um, in the same, I'm thinking in my mind, screaming in my mind, shoot him in the hand, and then two minutes later, Sonya shoots the scroll in the hand. So, um, you know, like, to show is a squirrel. Um, Sonya's fantastic. You, We've touched about it. You don't bring Olivia Coleman on, and she's not going to steal the show. Right. Just not and she happen. certainly did this episode. Without any Absolutely. Uh, Dave, you, your thoughts, uh, before I get into a couple other little points that I thought were, were really good. Yeah, I think, like you were saying, it's a, it's a pretty big plot hole. Oh, right? I muted you, Dave. I'm sorry. You were having some, when you were fiddling around, I, I muted you on the call. My oh. fault. Well, shit, I'll just start over then. Uh, no, you should. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I think like you're saying, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty big plot hole that the Talos's body just ends up in the back of some van somewhere for Gaia to just, you know, mourn her father. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like expending mental energy to try and figure out what happened isn't productive for us at this point in time. I, I think like at, at the big thing that I took out of this is that, you know, we're all. I know Ray has speculated that uh, Captain America is going to show up. I've speculated Carol Danvers is going to show up. And they pretty much quash all of those opinions that we have where she asks him, why aren't you calling in the big guns? And he's like, I got to do this on my own sort of thing. So, you know, I, and I still think it's pot. I, I, it's got to tie into Marvel somewhere unless it's unless Marvel's is a prequel to this. And I guess that's that's possible because we don't know for sure, you know, because Nick's well, we seen. We've seen okay. Well, we've seen Eye Patch Fury in the previous in the trailer. Yeah, but the, but he puts the Eye Patch on at the end of the episode. Yeah, but the the Fury in the Marvels trailer, which we're going to talk about, looks to be a younger version 
of, of what we're looking at now. So, you know, I, I keep saying it's got to tie in, but maybe it doesn't. You know, maybe this is something completely different that wouldn't seem to make a lot of sense. But, you know, with Fury saying we're not I'm not bringing in any of the big guns, um, you know, and now you've got this issue of the harvest and all, you know, everybody, every Avenger spilt blood at the Battle of Earth and they're all DNAs are collected here. It's like, um, you know, the, the elixir that Harry Potter drinks that, you know, makes him all lucky and shit at the end of, end of Deathly Hall or Half-Blood Prince. But anyway, that's that's my takeaways from it is like, yeah, I, I want to see how this all shakes out. I think we were kind of expecting this to be a more eventful. I mean, it was eventful, but I think we were looking I, I was looking for something different to happen. Um, It's still like you're saying, yeah, I'm still enjoying the show a lot. It, it didn't follow the pattern that some of the other shows have followed where the next to last episode has kind of been the big action piece and then sort of it's a, a, a lot of fallouty sort of stuff um and that's not a bad thing really like at all like i think a climactic episode this is gonna be very very exciting here's the here's the thing and what what gets me um kind of in a twist over talos's body it does create a very nice meaningful connection for gaia and priscilla because that's where Nick sends Gaia with Talos's body to properly bury him. You know, she's like, how, like, Gaia gets to talk about her regrets about how she last spoke with her father and what do I need to do? And Priscilla gives her good advice before they, they get into the kind of the lone action piece of the episode, the, the fight in Nick and Priscilla's home. The other, uh, the other thing I loved, and I'm surprised none of you guys mentioned this, but we we got the return nice little nice little cameo return of um oh gosh i'm gonna forget his name from mason mason Ooh. from black widow, black widow. Yeah. who is the one who gives nick fury his uh false information and arranges the plane i was like oh hey look at that look at that the dog was excited too. Yeah, something's never changed the new computers same dogs dogs love mason that's, that's what you hear couple. there that's the name of the podcast dogs love mason dogs love mason can can I pitch something possibly controversial to y'all? You controversial, Ray? No. I know. I'm stepping way out of my comfort zone here. Um, everything we've we've learned about Nick Fury from literally the very first Iron Man to now goes to show that he is a a strategic savant. He is the most prepared guy in the room, but he's also a piece of shit. I don't think that was Talos. I think he just grabbed a scroll. Me. To give her. To, to one, give her the closure she needed to help him, and two, to, I don't know, maybe maybe in his own mind, help it out, but... I mean, think about they, it, they, they, you know, what's the, the, they, they did the burial, I mean, I don't... Okay, but all I, the scrolls look exactly the same. Oh, well, oh, then now we gotta go through all this bullshit of, oh, we thought we buried you. Well, to, well, us, no, to the, us, they, they all look the same. To the scrolls, they may be like me and you looking at me and you. Maybe, and, but think about the positive of what would come of that if 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 I if I'm trying to make the plot make sense, that moment Gaia didn't fuck with didn't fuck with Fury. That moment allowed them to have some semblance of understanding. And who's the only other person in the world who ha- that we know has the same super scroll powers as Gravik? Gaia. He even admitted your dad told me what you did to bring to come back from your death. He know. So wouldn't it be some Fury stuff to manipulate her to get her on his side so he can beat Gravik? Right, we at the end of the show, he ends up calling somebody. So like, I do this myself. Guy's already involved. Maybe he was calling Gaia. We don't know. So I got one last question I got to ask since we're talking about out there stuff. 
And we never really talked about it over the course of the five episodes that we've watched, or the four episodes we've watched previously. But I want to I want to call back to the graveyard scene with Sonia and Nick and the conversation they're having. And it led me to a question because she's like, why Finland? Right? Is it Finland? Uh, yeah, Finland. And he's yes, talking sir. about how it's cold. How his wife always liked it up there. And then he says, scrolls like it in the cold. And then she kind of looks at him and is like, how do you understand? Maybe Nick Fury is a scroll too. No. So he's already like, no. It would really ruin the dynamic of the relationship that he has with his wife and the fact that he is human and he is there for the scrolls and that's why he's there is because he fell in love with a scroll. That's why he's willing and wanting to save the innocent scroll. It's just there's there's some things that they've done wrong, like you guys said, but I just don't think like I think Talos is dead and I don't think Nick Fury's a scroll. I'll just stop right there. Well, there there is I, I agree with you, Pat. There is significance to what he says there because her demeanor changes immediately when he makes that comment. And it's like she has the understanding. And I know the four of us are like, what exactly did he mean by that? You know, and 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 I'm like, OK, scrolls like the cold. Why is that significant there? You know, we already know they're in Russia and they're immune to radiation. And I guess, you know, Russia can be cold. But, yeah, it makes you wonder. It could be Finlandia vodka. Perhaps they have an affinity for that. But I kind of doubt it. Could- but don't you think Gaia Gaia thought that Fury didn't know she was a scroll? And that's how that's the moment she found out that Fury knew that she was a scroll. No, never once thought that because she never revealed to Gaia that he knew, right? Pat, Pat Fury, have, I don't think. Go ahead. I'll, go I'll ahead, say David. Pat may have a point because, like, you, Tony, I know you're you were watching that trailer for Marvels to kind of match it up to see if it is a younger. When I look back, when I look back at it, it does look like a younger so, Fury because there are things missing. What if? the fury on earth doing all this is the scroll version of fury and the one up on the space station dealing with the marvels is the actual nick fury the younger more well-preserved one um it's possible i i got it and this isn't also this isn't the first time where we've seen nick fury and it wasn't nick fury Ray, go ahead all right i mean no no you're good but it just it look this makes the most sense we're done conversation over Iceman, Bobby Drake, confirmed. Let's do it. <laughs> Boom. You know what? Yes. It's better than the character you could have said. Anyway, all of this is going to get revealed tomorrow, or next week anyway, or this week when the show gets dropped, as this Wednesday is the final episode of Secret Invasion. Tight six-episode little arc. The episodes have gotten shorter. This has been another thing I've noticed over the course of Marvel shows. They like start out like an hour long. And then, and then they just like get shorter and shorter and shorter. Minutes, I'm hoping this one season finale, 15 minutes, four minutes. It's like, I've come, I, I get home from bully like 10 30. And I'm like, should I stay up and watch it? You know, just watch it now. And I'm like, that's oh, only 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I'll be in bed by 1130. I'm up by 530. It's fine. And, uh, and watch it. So we'll find out all the answers and then we'll come back and, you know, either I'll be completely wrong. Tony will be right. Tony will be wrong. I'll be right. Dave's always wrong. Ray's never right. It's all there in. And one thing we know for sure, Pat, the Witcher's coming. So the Witcher is coming soon. Here's the thing. Why? Okay, we're going to have this conversation. I get why Tony's not excited about this. And Ray, did you even watch it? Was this another situation? It's not that I'm not. I've never watched it, and it's not that I'm not excited about it. It's just there's a whole portion of the show. I won't be able to be involved with because damn, you're not going to catch up on two seasons just to watch with y'all. Here's the thing, like Tony, I get, I, I get that you didn't like see. I, I get, it. I, I really enjoyed it, and no. I'm willing to see how the casting chain happens. 
Like I'm just I'm willing to see it. And you know me, guys. I pray we everybody don't have to here. Watch. What's that? I pray we don't have to watch. Oh, I pray that you'll find a way to get. Um, oh shit! Here's we're the thing, keep guys. Watching with with Liam. You guys know actually this. Go beyond it. You guys know this about me. I'm gonna. I, no more bullshit. No character play. Anything like that. When I don't like a thing, I'm pretty upfront about it, and I'll kill it. Right. So like, if I don't like it, if it's poorly executed, like if it's lock and key. Right. I'll say that it's bad. The funny and thing I'll, is. I'll acknowledge it. The funny thing is, is that though when we saw the trailer for this, I actually made me feel better about it because it was more of the more of a season one kind of uh, feel, feel to me. So I, I'll, I'm gonna watch it. You know, it's all just kind of joking. It's just like some of these things. No, no, I'm no. like, oh, I wish I wish we to watch something else. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just feel That's like that personally. But it's it's like a clearly a one and one off as far as disagreement on the panel. Like I'm the one right. that didn't enjoy it. You guys are still enjoying it, and I'm still gonna watch it. My it's my, qual it's, it's okay. My wife's watched the first you know part of season three and says it's very good. So she's pretty she's pretty yeah, good judge of this stuff. So I think if she likes, I it, haven't started it yet. Me neither. Either either have I. We'll get there. All right, we're gonna take our first commercial break. When we come back, we will jump into the trailer park. Lots of good stuff to talk about today. Uh, hopefully you will stay with us. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com All right. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. Get all of your Bandwagon Nerd gear there. We are going to jump into a trailer park. Uh, Dave's a little spotty. With, with with the sound today, Tony, can you find some banjo? Can you find some banjo? Tony, don't worry about Somebody it. Somebody say I got banjo. The, I got the banjo. Oh yeah, you guys can do banjo. Yeah, we can. Do it. You came into the show late. I, I got to send I got you the it. file. Is that what's no. happening here now? Is no, that... I got all that stuff, what? man. It just the, you know what oh, it was you... is because this computer I I because I've never used it before. I didn't give it permission to have my mic accessed by Skype. It's that what? stupid. What Patrick, is saying, what Patrick is saying, he's going to have to send you a portion of the show that you the don't first have. Ten, the first 10 minutes, yes. Right. I need the first but what 10 Dave minutes. is saying is he's still going to do the post-production, so he's got the banjo. Very well. Unless All you right, want well, Ray and Tony to do them, Pat. They, they'll accommodate I, you. No, 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 no. no. Put, put, a, put a play. Long, again, I thought, no. Today's not that day. We will, we'll just queue up. That, with that last time. Play that beautiful banjo. And it was lovely indeed. Beautiful banjo. Gentlemen, welcome to the trailer park. I, I did it to y'all again. Gave you a trailer that I was like, 
this looks interesting to me. Not sure how the rest of the guys are going to feel about it, but anytime you can put Ben Kingsley being a uh, cranky old man harboring an alien house, trying to hide it from the government along with his other senior citizen um, friends in this local community, I'm down. And that is exactly what we get in the movie Jewels. So like I said, Jules is a film stars Ben Kingsley. It is about an alien that seems to have crash landed, I guess, in his backyard. And uh, this is takes, the documentary from Vegas. If that, that that's what it is. Um, but he takes in this alien. He tries to keep it quiet. Of course, other people. What? I'm sorry. What? what trying to, I was to boo me for that comment. I was booing Dave. <laughs> oh no. I, I was too busy. Uh, I was too busy bringing up the cast of this movie. Um, but you know, it's got Ben Kingsley, star Zoe Winters, uh, Jane Curtin is in this, which was kind of exciting. But I was like, oh, I love seeing Jane Curtin in there. Uh, I, I don't know. It's intriguing. I'm, I'm interested in these sorts of movies. It's like sort of like Cocoon, except without the like whole Fountain of Youth thing from the '80s. So as I watch it, and Tony skips it, it's not maybe it is ET. E.T. for old people. I'm not sure. Tony said, no, you're not going to skip. Are you going to watch it? This will get nominated. This will have multiple nominations. This is like something we haven't had in a while. This looks like a really good um, a really good movie about this where the connection is real. It's interesting, the dynamic of how they mix the comedy of, of the humans dealing with the alien with the, you know, severe multitude scale of, of concern from the U.S. government. So... I mean, like you said, Ben Kingsley, I'm seeing Ben, I'm like, oh, that's Ben Kingsley. Holy shit. I'm like, okay. And like you said, Jane Curtin. Hair. That um, was the thing. He had hair. Yeah. The the cast, it looks just way too good for this not to like get some consideration or, or become one of those movies in this genre of, you know, um, polite alien misunderstood, you know, makes human connection, you know, escapes earth. Uh, kind of movies because we've had those that's because to me that's what it is and it looks really fucking good great what about you did you have a chance to check out the trailers ahead of time i did yes i did i, I did my homework this time um i'm all thank you i'm all in on this 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 looks amazing um first and foremost the most shocking thing was i didn't know that was ben kingsley until they said his name at the end he looks so different um but this movie reminds me, and not li- not from a literal standpoint, just from the way it feels, the wholesomeness of it. it. Reminds me of one of my favorite movies ever, The Intern, Robert De Niro, and Anne Hathaway. That movie brings me so much joy. Like, I could literally watch it seven, eight times in a row. It's just so happy. And this movie br- gives me kind of the feels of that. It was just a, it's a little drama, enough to make it not too hallmarky. But, like, the way they're loving the, the alien and they're hugging him and thank you for changing my life. The alien ain't said a word, bro. He just draws pictures. Still, wholesome. I, I'm I'm definitely in. I don't know about no Oscar buzz or nothing, but yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. it wasn't made by A24, so we know that uh, Aesop won't like it. Uh, and, Dave, what about yeah. you? Yeah, you? You said it. I mean, it's not an A24 movie, so I, I, I'm not going to watch. No. Um. <laughs> I I think you know the Ray talks about uh, the uh, the intern is a reminding of a of that. It's definitely got an ET vibe to it. You know the same sort of kind of you know at the end where the alien has uh, in become such a focal point of these people's lives for we don't know the reasons behind it, but certainly near the end there's that same sort of emotion, that same sort of farewell for now sort of thing. Thank you for everything you've done for me. So when I watched the trailer, I thought the first thing that jumped to my mind is like, yeah, you know, this, this does have an ET like feel to it. So 
it's got a tremendous cast. I'm like you, Ray. I didn't realize it was Ben Kingsley at first. And then they said, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, Jane, you ignorant slut. I mean, it's great that she's in there. So <laughs> sorry, Tony liked it. Uh, no, it's got it's got a 50 cast. years ago, Dave. There is no time limit for Still good. Great, great comedy. Still uh, good. No, it looks good. It, it definitely looks good. I don't know if I'm going to go see it in the theaters, but um, it, it definitely looks like one that would be worth checking out. I just want to add one thing. I, I For me, the trailer, Harriet Sansom Harris looks like she's going to be excellent as Kingsley's. I believe he, she's playing the wife character. And I believe there's like a, a supporting act, actor, actress uh, nomination there. And Kingsley, possibly the movie. I don't know. I just this I really have a good feeling about this movie. Ray's totally blowing me off, but I don't care. I, I believe in it, Patrick. Great pick. They could have 25 hey, well, noms for best actor, best actress, best supporting. This ain't getting that. Well, we'll we'll wait and see what happens in the theaters. Uh, I'm going to start nominating people every year. We'll 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 see. We'll see what the Academy has to say. Let's shift gears to something completely different, radically different from what we just talked about. Uh, At San Diego Comic Con, this wasn't a trailer, but it was a trailer, if that makes sense. In the sense that Cartoon, or not Cartoon, Warner Brothers and HBO, or sorry, Warner Brothers and Max. God, they keep changing their name. Warner Brothers and Max released. The new uh, title music and opening animated sequence to their Tiny Toons Luniversity animated series, a follow-up, sequel, whatever you want to call it, revival of the Tiny Toon characters from the 90s. Now, this speaks to my childhood on a ton of levels because I watched Tiny Toon Adventures, so much so that I, I bought on Amazon the Tiny Toon Adventures How I Spent My Summer Vacation movie, which still holds up, y'all. Uh, you know, for, for some of the jokes still hold up. There's some, there's some dated celebrity jokes like Roseanne Barr singing the national anthem is in is is in that is in that movie as a joke. Um, and some of you who are listening to this podcast are like, oh yeah, and a lot of and a lot of other people are like, the fuck is he talking about? Who is but Roseanne kids, Barr? Who? <laughs> yeah, Jim, kids, who? kids jump onto YouTube. And type Roseanne Barr national they know, anthem. Oh, and they don't know the national the anthem. They know her. Right. No. Sure. Uh, outspoken know, crazy old lady who got kicked off they, her own show. That's right. How they, know her. they know of her latest cancellation. There you go. But other than me trying to like get used to the different lyrics to the opening yes. sequence and noticing that a couple of characters are gone uh, that were in the original, there was Myra, who was a human girl who was obsessed with the cat the Sylvester cat character and would like chase him and squeeze him and do terrible things to him. When she finally got him, that character was hilarious. Uh, and then Max millionaire, Montana uh, Max or Monty, Monty Max, who, yeah, he was just like this asshole millionaire character that, that used to be around as well. Both of those characters appear to be gone. It looks like they are just focusing on the child, you know, the teenage versions of characters we would recognize. But other than that, it looks like a lot of fun. I, I don't know how I feel about the new lyrics, they're sort of the same but different, and that's it's weird. Ray, 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 no bueno. Ray, no like bueno. Him. Why no bueno? Oh, like no, I mean I watched the show because Tiny Toons was my childhood, just like you. I, I, yeah, I love I love the show. I don't like. Here's the change. Here's the good it's news on there. HBO Max. You can just skip the skip the intro. Listen, that's, but that's the best part of the show. Here's the deal, Ray. Sometimes. You don't have to listen. Look at it this way. If you want the old thing, go watch it. 
they're not making that they're making what they're making something different and i'm glad that they changed the lyrics and i'm glad that they changed up the characters because if you want you you can't just do the same thing because it was so good for one and two you need to evolve a little bit and and make it a little bit different i am excited like you said patrick the first time i watched it i i rewound the first like 15 seconds i'm like wait those aren't the lyrics right i don't think so is there a verse two hold on let's start over okay and then we're missing some people there's some new people I'm just excited because I love the concept of new and second generation tunes learning from like the generation beforehand. Literal. Right? They did. About there, were first, some, there were some lyrics in there that are from the original, like uh, where teachers earning laughs since 1933. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like a tune verse where it's connectivity. It's the story. It's the continuation of the story. Which was the original time tune adventures. By the way, I love, love that you Patrick everything you said introducing it. Sorry, Ray. I love that you love new things, so you're gonna enjoy that new Witcher with Liam Hensworth. I I'm gonna give it a Christabel, chance. Cristobal son. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Tunny trying to tell me about enjoying oh. new things, but he's sitting gotcha. here not wanting to enjoy new things with the Witcher, sir. Yeah, they didn't. It's still Babs and Buster Bunny. It's not you know. <laughs> It'll, it'll be okay, kids. Just, I won't even try to give a comparison. I actually heard that Liam Hemsworth is voicing Buster Bunny, so I don't know how you're going to feel about that. You could be in real trouble. Dave, I know you were 75 years old when the first series came out. You're now 87. Um, now that you're, I'm sorry, it's been 20 years. You're 95 years old now. Old man Dave, you going to be able to get behind a Tiny Toon Adventures reboot? Look, get off your lawn. Old, old jokes notwithstanding, this, yeah, this is beyond. It's after my time. I, I I've got no point of reference for this show because I never watched it. You know, I was I was too old by then, and my kids weren't here yet. So this is that that in between period. You know, I, I need a gap wedge, Tony, uh, to hit this. I don't this know, thing here, but listen, I get what you're saying, and at the same time, though, I mean, I I like this, like you know, childhood, I, and hey. still like Penguins of Madagascar as an adult, yes. as a yes. cartoon on the Cartoon Network. I still so love SpongeBob as an adult. Don't use age. Don't use age. Right. I I mean, I Looney Tunes are always something I'm I'm very partial and fond of. So would I check it out? Sure, absolutely. I, I don't think it'll have the same you know relatable impact that it has for you guys who actually you know grew up with the show that sort of thing. But you know, I so for me, them changing the intro lyrics, whatever. It's like uh, I I guess you know. I have a question for Ray, though, who's talking about trying out new things. Have you watched Flash Gordon yet, Ray? And he's muted, so so that that so he he did that on purpose, Pat. He muted himself. I told you purpose. I watched it 40, 45 times. All right. There was definitely a swear word in what you said when you were muted. I, I can recite I can recite the movie verbatim. He's like Samuel L. Jackson. I've watched it forty five times, motherfucker. In a galaxy far, far away. True or false, Ray? It was there Cristobal? Was, no, Cristobal. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And we've once again reminded everybody that Ray Cash refuses to watch Flash Gordon because he talks about the Death Star. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> All right. So here, here, let's. This is kind of a good news, bad news scenario for this next trailer. The good news is we got a release date for Invincible season two. It's coming in November. That's very exciting. That's great news. We got a minute and a half trailer, and I'm going to call that very, very loosely calling it a trailer because this trailer gave us nothing, which is fine. 
it did give us a voice cast of to, to, of the for the ages as we got the voices of everybody who's returning and all the people who are joining. And of course, we did get a look at J.K. Simmons of you know Mortal Kombat fame back as um, you like what I did there. I like that. I was Mr. Kettle, or what's his name? I always get his name wrong. Omni Man. Omni Man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Omni Man, of course, will be back. Um, I'm excited for this. This is a great animated series. We watched it two years ago and talked about it to, to no end on this program. Odds are strong. We'll do that again when season two hits because uh, damn it, release the boys season four. And they still haven't done that yet either. Damn it. Give us a date, motherfuckers. Give us a date. Quit holding it over our heads. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, exciting. Like all kinds of names, man. Like, I, and I meant to pause the video to just look at the screen of all the names they've added of people so, that are um, on there. She it's Hulk's a, in there. It's a ton. Yes. Shirley K. Uh, Brown. Yeah. There's, it's a ton. It's a bajillion. Yeah. Names on top of names on top of names. And um, I don't know. We've had two years to wait for this. First season was awesome. I, I'm looking forward to season two. To tide you all over, there is a 50-plus minute um, Adam Eve special that is currently available on Prime that I, I have in my queue to watch later tonight that uh, looks pretty good, too. And so uh, check that out uh, just to kind of whet your appetite for the return of Invincible. Uh, who hasn't gone yet? Ray, I don't think you've gone first. Have you gone first? I have, but I'll go if you want me to. Dave, Dave, have you gone first? I don't know. But I'll go first. I don't care. Dave, go first. <laughs> I am so excited about Invincible Season 2. And, and you, you were, you were saying Adam Eve, yeah, nipples are fully erect. When you said Adam Eve, I was, at first I was like, why is Patrick talking about a sex toy, something on Prime? What is going on with this? But then it realized on me, dawned on me, Adam Eve. Okay, I got it. So... I deserve that. So, okay. Um, but no, all bullshitting aside, this looks really good. I was, I was getting a little concerned until we got to the end of the trailer. I was like, where is he? Where is he? Where's JK Simmons? Where's Omni man? And, and then he shows up and he delivers one line and you're like, damn, that's as harsh as it gets. <laughs> so, um, I just, yeah, I, I can't wait for this to come out. It was one of the greatest animated series ever easy. And I have no doubt that season two is going to be just as good. So, Get, let's get to November. All right, Tony, get hyped. Get hyped for Invincible. I am I am excited. Um, I thought I, it made me want to go back and watch season one before I watched um, this season because there's a lot of I stuff that, that I probably didn't catch and I want to like be familiar. That's how good it looks. And this really invoked in me the feeling that I had when we were watching it. Not so much remembering exactly what happened. That's why I want to go back and watch. But I remember like really fucking enjoying watching this. So... It, much like I think I'm gonna have to watch the season finale of the of the boys previous season when that comes out. This I think I'm gonna invest the time and actually watch the entire season. Um, there ain't I mean unless I'm I'll have plenty of time to catch up on stuff I haven't watched. So why not add in a little preview to something I'm really looking forward to? Uh, one of the voice had Peter Cullen. Looking forward to him. Um, I believe he yeah. was one of the big names yeah. coming in. So he looks like he is kind of like a what planet are they are they from? Viltrumite. He looks like Viltrumite. be like an ancient scribe or 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 mm -hmm. like um I don't know uh, royalty or some kind of you know keeper of of the world because he describes there hasn't been a fight like that since blah blah blah. Viltrum. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because that's where I was going to go. We're all clearly on 
we're all clear on the bandwagon of watching it. Bandwagon, pun intended. We're all behind this thousand percent. Bandwagon approved. Thank you. We all can't wait. But it, it was a teaser trailer in every sense of the word. But I did want to touch on the one part of the trailer that was actually important to me. And that was, we're going to Viltrum now. Um, and of course, you think you would have to because when Omni-Man left, where else would he go, right? He didn't pull the Icarus and kill himself. Like, he probably went home. Um, so to see that and to see if the if the entire identity of Viltrum is going out and conquering other worlds, how are they going to react when their hero left did the world they're supposed to conquer? So I'm interested in seeing how that works. Plus, um, he should have been conquered Earth, but he went domestic. So yeah, there's a lot of, of that I'm interested in seeing. Plus, what was the alien uh, that came to warn um, the main Invincible at the well, end, the blue thing? Seth Rogen. Yeah. So I'm curious how that's going to play because last Wasn't I checked, it? he never left the moon. He's still but, I know. Yeah. There you go. So those are two things that I'm kind of curious to see where they're going. And those were teased at, in this tra- teaser trailer, which was something for me to kind of latch on to until November. But I'm, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I... So much to explore with this series. So much left to do. You know, it's going to be great. I can't wait to see it. All right, last trailer. We've already talked about it a little bit in our talk of Secret Invasion. We got a two and a half minute second trailer for the Marvels. This one focuses a little bit more on their the villain uh, and explaining uh, this Kree revenge on uh, Miss Marvel or sorry, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, whatever you want to call her. Uh, and, and clearly, you know, we see a second bangle from what we've seen in Ms. Marvel. Make sure, by the way, if you haven't watched Ms. Marvel and you don't have Disney+, Plus, it's going to be on your television soon. Check it out. Great series. Might be helpful leading into this show. We're going to talk about a lot of marketing into uh, the, the Marvels that uh, that we're seeing here. But, you know, we get, we get another look at, at Powers, uh, and they... Explain in the trailer that it's um, that their powers are all they'll have to do with light, which is interesting as it's a slight departure from from quote unquote canon. Uh, and I guess that's okay. You know, I'm not I'm not really bothered with it. You know, that is a very much a Marvel and MCU thing to do is that we we kind of alter power sets a little bit to to make it make sense. Um, however, that may be. Uh, but good trailer. Looking forward to it. You know, it's November 10th is, is going to be here before we know it. Um, I don't know. Let's start with Tony. Your thoughts on this later latest trailer and, and your thoughts on the Marvels. There's a lot of things coming up that we're going to get to see in movie theaters, which is crazy because we just had one of the biggest weekends in movie history and there's even more good stuff coming out. And hopefully, you know, we get some really quality stuff as we finish out the summer and move into the fall. Out of everything, even including like a pretty significant movie in another world of of comics i'm looking forward to this the most it looks fun it looks really fun and it looks like it's going to have a significant uh role to play in moving forward looking back at the fury thing and looking at the scene it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to have the scars on one on the one eye so that would tell you that it's something different or dave's correct or whatever i don't know it just didn't seem that significant maybe he had a rejuvenation or something. I, I don't know, but it didn't look like that. Maybe I'm wrong. And it was, it was really quick. It was really quick. So this looks fun. I can't wait for it. And 
more power to an all female leading cast on the good guy side. I mean, this this that it just I think they're going to hit a home run and people are going to fall in love with the chemistry the three of them have. It feels really Guardians to me, like the fun you have and the significance at the same time with good action. Uh, Ray, get hyped. I'll do you one better. Guardians is the perfect connection because of the cosmicness, but it feels a lot like Birds of Prey, whereas it's just un- pure, unadulteratedly woman. Um, so I, 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 I've seen the trailer multiple times, clearly, but I just went and watched right. it again because I wanted to touch on a few things that I remembered, but I wanted to make sure I remember correctly. I love that you touched on how they their powers come from essentially light. We remember MCU-wise, Carol got her powers when she busted into the Kree engine that Marvel had created, right? And um, the the um, when Monica went through the um, WandaVision Westview thing, she became Spectrum and all, all these things, right? There's a part in the in the trailer where the big bad, whatever Kree lady she, she is, puts on the negabands. And the negabands are kind of a big thing because the negabands are purely unadulteratedly Cree, but they also a lot of the things that you see in the trailer, the negabands do the swapping places and all that. So I am very tired of seeing the fucking Cree. But if this can give the full explanation for these three people and a reason for why they all kind of share the same power source, I'm with it. Um, this is the only, only only problem with Captain Mar- with Captain Marvel movies. I don't give two shits about who she fights, and that hurts. That that hurts the quality of the movies to me, right? Like I I couldn't care I couldn't care less about Yon Rog, even though Jude Law killed that role. And I don't who's I don't care about her, this lady. But that's not their fault because she grieved fighting. It makes sense. I am looking forward to the moment where there's somebody that they are fighting that I'm interested in seeing them defeat. I don't care at this point. Now I'm all in on this movie because of the three together and their 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 interactions between one another. And Amon Vellani is going to be a superstar. She is amazing. She's gonna steal that movie. She's like she stole every scene in Miss Marvel. She's like she's gonna steal every scene going forward in the rest of the MCU. She's a star. Um so I'm all in a movie, but like I really need something I can sink my teeth into from a plot standpoint. And if the nega band's all I got, I'll take that. Well, I mean, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, it's two and a half minutes. We don't know it all. Dave, your thoughts? I I like the trailer a lot. I uh, it it explained a few things. It explained what's going on. Why every time one of them uses their powers, they swap places with somebody else. So that was kind of good to figure out. Okay, well, at least now we know kind of what's going on. Why they're doing this? Why this is happening? Uh, it seems like it's still going to be. I, I mean, I agree with you, Ray. The girl who plays what Villani? What's her name? I can't I always forget this. Amon Vellani. Amon Vellani. I agree with you. She steals the show. She steals the trailer. Every moment that she's in there, her her childlike wholesomeness, the innocence of her character shines through in so many ways. That is very different from Carol Danvers, who's kind of, you know, in true Brie Larson form brooding. Yeah, like you're saying, right? Emotionless, static, and, you know, and Miss Marvel's the exact opposite of that and then and then spectrum is kind of in the middle she she seems like moderator i gotta keep these two extremes in line to face this she's the mom yeah she's the mom exactly to face this challenge that that's going on i see what you're saying ray that yeah the the villain doesn't have that pop to it that you'd want especially for 
three heroes of this magnitude to face down say well what is her deal why is she why am i intimidated by her but you know we'll find out what's going on i mean and and it looks like it's going to be a a really solid movie i I hope it does well you know this full female cast i really hope that the mouth breathers out there don't fuck this whole thing up and shit all over they're they're going to we're gonna we're gonna talk all about how they're gonna Ben Shapiro's going to hate it. Don't worry. And he'll talk about it for 43 minutes on his YouTube channel. Yeah. And Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. So. It yeah, did. but that was it, pre-pandemic and it was different. Uh, Dave, well, see, Dave's already, you know, lowering his expectations. Uh, I'm just so. validating why you know, things are different now, unfortunately. But I really well, hope, see, it, we're I gonna hope talk, it does We're well. going to talk about that a little bit later, actually, in the show. Uh, because I, I do think there's more to it than just, you know, dudes being pissy we'll we'll say it like that but we'll save that for after the break we're gonna take our uh, second commercial break right now and when we come back we're gonna do an update on the strike talk some dc news and then yeah we're gonna talk some barbenheimer all of that coming your way after the break you are listening to bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network part of the chair Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back. Bandwagon Nerds, ChairShot Radio Network on the ChairShot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Once again, make sure you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. Support us in any way you see fit. The Bandwagon Nerds tee, though, is pretty dope. Get it for $19.99 or spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. Feel good on your giblets. Just telling you. And everybody wants their giblets feeling nice. All right. Let's talk strike updates because, man, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed a topic. Gentlemen, I missed a topic in all this talk about the Marvels. There was an announcement out of the out of Marvel Comics. Um, so, um, well, remember how, like, a month ago we did an episode? Maybe it was two months ago. We did an episode where uh, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, died. She's not dead anymore, guys. It was just kidding. Not dead anymore. And what's more, not only is she not dead anymore, she's a mutant. Now, I'm not saying that we brought her back as a mutant because she was described as a mutant in her own series on Disney+. And I'm not saying we brought her back in the first place after killing her two months ago just so she could be in a new series all her own in front of this movie coming out. No, fuck that. I'm totally saying that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Brought her back, made her a mutant, making her fit with the MCU so that we can set up the motherfucking X-Men once again, or at least tease again the concept of the X-Men with a mutant gene. Here's the thing. This bugged me more than I thought it would, and I'm not even a big fan of the comics. And I and I think because... I think the reason why, because I, you guys all know I'm a Spider-Man fan. Like, J. Michael Straczynski completely changed how Peter Parker got his powers. Made it totemic once. Like, just completely out of left field. Completely changed the way Spider-Man got his powers. So, like, it's not unusual in comic books. And I lived through that. This, like, pandering for the sake of an upcoming movie, in my opinion, 
and I'm happy she's got her own title. Do not get me wrong. But the things that they're doing to the character to make it fit with the MCU, little shitty, Ray, little shitty, little shitty. Not not horrible, but it just it's called, it, it's it's called it's capitalism. It's called capitalism, no, yeah, it's Patrick. Capitalism. I don't think we're gonna change. We're gonna witness a similar thing when we move over to the DC universe. I don't think the change is shitty because no, it just wasn't what it was. No, right, 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 right. But what I'm saying is, I don't think the change in powers and stuff was shitty. Uh, the MCU has long controlled what, um, how the comic world works because when Fantastic Four was gone, they said no more Fantastic Four comics because we can't sell it on, on the movies yet. So they've always had some synergy, but that's why I kept doing this with my hands. Synergy is a motherfucker, right? So this person who is, I've said this multiple times, I still stand by it, give a lot of respect to Miles who may have finally crossed that threshold. But for the longest time, the biggest new character they created was Kamala Khan in 10, 15 years. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. You don't want to kill her. Um, this is on another quick tangent about Kamala, but I have always disliked the fact that she was an Inhuman. Only because every Inhuman that we've ever seen comic-wise are in some form of the royal family in the royal world. She never rocked with any Inhumans, right? So the change makes sense, but it also scares me. For the future of Inhumans, because if the most visible and popular Inhuman, imagine if today, if I, if today there was this announcement that a new comic was coming out with Wolverine explaining he's actually really not a mutant, he's just an alien. That would kind of right. kill a lot. He's the most visible mutant. She, but people don't know any other Inhumans but her and maybe Black Bolt, but people don't know no Inhumans. So that only that scares me because that world of the Inhumans can be so fun. And we just talked about not having a lot of great like villains um, for people to play fight in the MCU. When you get to Maximus the Mad on screen, bro, you want to talk about somebody that could be fun to watch. So, but that's now that's now this is the nerd in me, the devil nerd in me talking. I apologize. I'm keep it moving. Yeah, but we knew it was gonna happen that she was coming back. Right. Nobody stays dead forever in comics. Tony, you were about to respond. What are you gonna say? What you got? All right, Dave. Tony no longer wants to respond. No, I he, I was going to say something and question what he'd said, and he, he answered my question while he was going, and I already talked. So. I see. Gotcha. Yeah, comic book characters hardly ever stay dead. I mean, you know, the reasons behind killing Superman were one thing, uh, but, you know, he was only gone for four months. You know, everything went dark for four months, and they brought him back. The big characters don't stay dead. I think, you know, we... We suspected, I remember when we first talked about it, we were questioning, why would you kill her off leading into this big movie coming out in a few months? And now we got our answer, why? Because we're going to flip her, we're going to make her a mutant, uh, we, you know, we're not doing anything with Inhumans yet, so yeah, let's let this jive with the MCU, and everybody will be able to relate, and we'll make money on the comics, and we'll make money in the movies, and everybody will be happy. And I think that's, yeah, it, it it bothers me as well, because I don't, you know, we've always said they clearly don't stay, and this is kind of weird, you know, a lot of times the MCU veers away from the comic canon and does their own thing. Here, the comics are saying, let's turn into MCU canon and make ourselves line up with what they're doing. And so like Ray's saying, that's kind of scary because that's really the first time we've seen the comics adapt too directly to the MCU. So Yeah, but doesn't that speak to like the ADD of 
people, you know, spending their money in different places and being captured by one thing and going, oh, I'm going to get everything that like a Star Wars for me, you know, and Lego like on this trip of like, oh, I got to get all of that. So it just seems like why not, you know, multiply the intensity of the of the fan by making it all connected. Well, and I know we're talking we're going to talk crisis on Infinite Earths later on, but I think a lot of it has to do with they want as well. They want you don't want all these different continuities and different variations of characters out there because it confuses people and it makes the entry point, you know, not for people like us, but for newer fans are like, wait, she's this way here and she's this way over here. I don't, I don't understand. What am I supposed to do to make sense of it? So they're saying, well, let's yeah, make this so, easy. I think so they're here, capitalizing on the comic book fans that enjoy the movies. But well, it's, it's kind of a backwards way to do it. I actually argue that it's, it, they're capitalizing on MCU fans again to buy comic books. Not that's what it is to find out like a lot. If you're, if you're, if you have that thirst for the knowledge, you'll go and find out what the original story is and understand why people have qualms with it. And you can go back and judge for yourself. So maybe you're right. That's a really good, that's really good way of looking at it. And my point here is, so there's a reason the comic book, the comic book guy character in the Simpsons is a parody, but it's real. Like I know those people. Like mm-hmm. there are people right now. Like I, I never read the original Ms. Marvel comic, uh, so I just know that her power set. You know how she came to have her powers was different than what they're going to do. Uh, but there are there is there are, there are dudes in a, a in a hardly visited comic book shop right now, standing around a standing around a countertop with with you know Big Chuck. Who runs the comic book store and Chuck's always got like he's, he's a little bald up here, but he's got the ponytail in the back, the little tight ponytail though. It may not be the long flowing ponytail. He's mildly overweight, not maybe grossly obese. Like he can still get around. Um, and he's sitting there and he is bemoaning that Kamala Khan one had to die in the first place and two has different powers. Uh, he might have glasses, he might not. Uh, it, you know, it's it's possible. There will definitely be a few Poindexters. In the comic book shop, who will also be raising their finger and getting upset. Pat, can and you, can you, can you describe how they sound? I, I mean, you you do how they sound so very well. Oh, you want me to you want me to breathe through my retainer again, you guys? You want me to be? It's so unfair that the king, Miss Marvel, and Kamala Khan's powers is awful. How could they do that? That's What's awful. wrong with Marvel? Anyway, nothing's wrong with Marvel. Marvel just give me one. Can you? Can you can you give me one more line and, and give me one of these or no? Why do I gotta keep raising my glasses and pissing <laughs> moly about the comic book, you guys? Don't believe me. All right. Oh, now let's man. get to what we were gonna talk about when we came back for the commercial break. Let's talk about the we're gonna talk about the actors guild, the SAG Astra after strike mostly today. This is the one thing that is unfortunate. When SAG AFTRA goes on strike, suddenly it's like, who are the writers? What's going on there? Because they have largely been forgotten in the last week or so, which doesn't surprise me. But let's, I, I just want to start because we got, keep getting some tidbits. Nothing I have seen so far, like even the damage control that studios are trying to do is is piss poor at best. Like, I don't I don't think I'm off on this. Uh, and this week, news was revealed that the, uh, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers response to the sag asterisk demands from june 12 2023 are kind of uh well it's weird because they don't seem that unreasonable because at least the points that were pulled out of this document that was shared first an outright denial of revenue sharing on streaming service 
like and which is also a big sticking point for the for the WGA, the Writers Guild, is that like get paid for their work. And streaming services for a long time have been able to kind of mask well, we've talked about this. We only know what is shared to us by these studios and streaming services. Like that's it. And nobody really knows what's being how much is being consumed and whether the pay that somebody re- receives for the work they did on that product is commensurate to to the to the result. Like if I make a dozen loaves of bread and I sell all 12, like I get money for all 12 loaves I've sold. That's not how like what writers and actors are saying is they made 12 loaves of bread and got paid for like six of them or four of them. And they like they're and they're not being told that all twelve got sold. They're being told oh, likely they've made thirteen though, because it's a baker's dozen. I see what you did there. Um, that's a great joke, honey. Well done. I think it gets um, okay. by more than mouth breathers there. The other the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that SAG after wanted to increase fines on late payments. Basically, the studio wasn't paying people on time, and that was somehow okay. Kids. I don't know any job like right now. I'll, I'll share this. I got a I got a student worker who works for me right now who has been facing a serious delay in getting paid. You know what happens when you're when you you aren't getting paid on time? We find a way to pay you. Oh, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. Oh, I would say you stop working. You yeah, you stop working, or we find a way to pay you. We found a way to pay them so that they can keep working. And it wasn't even through any fault of anything I did. It's, you know, an HR process that was fucked up. And so it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me that, you know, and then the last one that I, that I, that I noticed here is sought a bunch of measures that would promote equality and diversity among unit members during production. And almost all of them were rejected. And so East and West Coast background actors operate under different contracts. They tried to unite them under one contract. Studios said no. They in pay discrimination where actors not in L.A. or New York are paid less than L.A. or New York City actors. That was also rejected. Just like it's crazy. It's crazy. Like the studio just said, like, fuck all y'all no to everything. How? What? Dave, you're a lawyer. What the fuck? I'm just laughing because, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of explain this to us. There's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of acting going on in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, yeah, we don't want to run the risk of those guys getting paid as much as everybody else. Well, no, what they're saying is they're saying I'm an actor in Nebraska who has to come to L.A. or New York, and I don't get paid as much if I like come to L.A. or New York. It's like, what are you doing? We're going to pay like, you the Lincoln, Nebraska rate, even though you have to deal <laughs> right. with the cost of living of, oh, Marin County and San Francisco or L.A. or, or New York. Yeah, that's fair. It's It's so fucking stupid. I mean. Yeah, like you're saying, hey, I, I wrote part of this show. Should I get paid for it? No, dog, you're not getting paid for it. Hey, I'm an actor in this show. I gave my portrayal. Shouldn't I get paid for that? No, we're not going to give you that either. And it's 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 the same bullshit that got them sued by Scarlett Johansson, that has got them in trouble numerous times because they've never adjusted to this new dynamic, and the studios clearly still don't understand that this is an entirely different kind of ball game. Um and 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 they're not you know you're not paying what you should be paying for the people who are who are generating all this money for you i mean it's like it'd be like the new york yankees not paying their players to for their for their games and just say no we're going to take all the revenue from the stadiums and you guys are the ones who are actually putting butts in the seats but we're not going to pay you for that it's a comparable you know it's a comparable 
thing. And and I I I, I don't get it. I didn't see anything that the anybody with SAG after had demanded that struck me as oh that's unreasonable. I, I I didn't see one thing of anything that I read that I was like oh that's that's egregious. You know yeah the studios should stand their ground and say fuck you guys. We're not going to do. It. I haven't seen anything and it just and everything they do just makes the studios and and it just makes them look worse every single day and more unreasonable and just out of touch with the modern world. Well. I mean, the best example of out of touch is Bob Iger. Like Bob Iger, like a fucking Bond villain being like the actors and writers are being short sighted. We've suffered so much. COVID ruined us. We're just now getting back on our feet as you slash people's work. And then we're going to get we're going to get to a little bit more of this kind of double sided out of the mouth thing, because this is the other thing. Um, I'm going to skip down to the last article. We're t- there, there's talk from Warner Brothers that Dune 2 and Aquaman, which that could be okay if, if rumors are being about Aquaman 2 are be, being believed. I mean, three reshoots is never good. But they're, they're pushing them back. But they're not pushing them back because there's some magical production problem. They're pushing them back because they can't bring the actors out to promote the movie. And there's... so as, 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 the, as the headline... That of the article I shared, the uh, the sort of the bio, the subline, actors are important enough to be vital to professional tours, not vital enough to have a fair contract negotiated for it yet. I was going to say, that's certainly part of it, but I think them pushing it back is also the studio saying, hey, you know, when we when things start getting a little tight, we can throw these movies out there. We know they're going to generate, it may be Aquaman 2, certainly not going to do Aquaman 1 numbers. But it's going to generate enough money that is going to keep the studios in a position of power and leverage for a little mm. while longer. You know, I mean, a movie like Dune 2 is going to make bank. It's not going to make Barbie money, or maybe it will. But, you know, that'll be the new the, well, the, new, the new statement, the new phrase, Barbie money. Now. Um, but, the argument, but the argument is if the people who were in Dune could actually promote the movie, it would. It, it might. It might. But I think the studios know it's done. They can trumpet these, this content out there whenever they want. It'll generate enough income that it'll keep them in a position where they can leverage a little bit more against the uh, the actors and the writers. Even if just for a few more months, that creates leverage and an advantage that they can starve these guys out, which is what they are trying to do. May I, if you don't mind? Go ahead. So I'm about to say something that, that pains me because I'm about to to cite a person that I'm I to be a Steelers ab- fan is that no well I'd rather be I'd rather be that than this I'm about to cite a person who I abhorrently can't stand but was absolutely right in this moment and it's it's a little bit of a tangent but you'll see the you'll see the connection when CM Punk left WWE and he made that big interview with Coca Cabana one of the things he cited was and nobody ever told us how the network works am I gonna get paid where's my residuals coming from and because of all the incendiary other shit he said, we didn't pay attention to that. Fast forward 2023 and nobody knows where the residuals come from from the network. They usually get big ass residual checks from DVD sales because there's tangibility in that. Where's the tangibility in the streaming? So when I think of that, that makes me think of this. And that was 10 years ago. And, you know, and we've had so many advancements. And then the the the, bo- the boom of streaming where everybody... Oprah get you get a streaming service, you'll get a streaming service. And these people whose livelihoods is based on 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 these streaming services. And it's not just it, it that's the biggest part of it is I'm not getting paid my worth. You're not telling me how I'm getting paid. If I wrote 
for this show, this, that. But then you you have to sign a contract with that show. So you can't work. Some people can't work another place. So you're stuck for a year, year and a half doing this whole process. But you're not even getting paid the full amount that you worked. I wrote 12 episodes of this. Not only that, for the longest, TV shows had 13 episode runs or 26 episode runs. They moved to 10 for dramas. But the, the, there was multiple episode runs. We just got through the the pentomen part of our show was 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 breaking down secret secret invasion. That's six episodes. I might not be able to live off of that if I'm a writer based on the current agreement we have. So just all these things come to my mind because I God forbid anybody out there is looking at the SAG after and most importantly the Writers Guild like man y'all over here being greedy. Like, I'm thankful SAG after is getting the majority of this conversation because nobody would have given a fuck about the writers. And that's horrible. But so, like, let these millionaires fight for y'all. Let them, right? These millionaires can't do nothing without y'all. So let them step up on, on, into the front in the front line and be in the trenches for once. And maybe because, well, damn, I really do want to see the boys. And by the way, yeah, Carl Urban's going to be uh, Johnny Cage in the Mortal Kombat. Let me go ahead and support my guy so I can see these movies. Don't even realize you're not helping Carl Urban, who's a multimillionaire. You're helping 15 writers. And so, like, right. that's something that's a big deal to me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and, and, well, and I want to, because you brought up something here that I think is really important and that folks should realize. Because there's been this question. I've seen it float around a lot on socials. This question of, well, should I boycott films? Should I boycott, you know, television shows? Should I boycott this stuff? The answer is no. The answer is no. And if you look at statements from the Actors and Writers Guild, they say this stuff that's already been made and is being put out, go and see that. Because, yes, studios make money when you go and see it. We do, too. Um, and so that's important. But it's it's a don't cut off the nose despite the face sort of thing. And so it's just it's it is one of the things to to keep in mind that. You absolutely want to continue to support the work, and that means going and see this. Uh, the last piece of news I did want to talk about this week is less about the strike itself and just something. It's been kind of something that we've been sharing in the Bandwagon Nerds um, conversation threads uh, here and there with regards to Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network. Uh, there was news a couple, like a week or so ago, uh, there, they, uh, the animation building that Cartoon Network had been working out of for Years and years and years and years and years has been closed. Both uh, departments have been gutted pretty hard um, when they were brought under the same division in that whole Warner Brothers Discovery like mashing. And so news came out this week that about 66 employees from Warner Brothers Animation and 22 from Cartoon Network officially filed the petition for a union election with the National Labor Relations Board looking to join the Animation Guild. I think this is a no-brainer based on what has happened to those two studios, based on what we are seeing around us. Uh, you know, it's just, it seems like it's a little too little too late. It feels in the sense that we couldn't save other people's jobs. Got to save, you know, those that are left. And really is indicate, indicative, indicative of kind of, in my opinion, just based on, you know, kind of reading the tea leaves on my own here. So this is my own speculation. There was, um, there was a level, I don't want to know, I don't know if I would call it camaraderie, but there was, certainly a feeling of security within Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers Animation to not be, you know, that they weren't unionized in the first place. 
that has, has gone away. And now here we are building a union or, or petitioning to join a union. And it should be something. Here's the thing that's crazy to me. This should be a no-brainer on the part of Warner Brothers Discovery because you, you're basically you're asking the company permission to do it. Will they actually do it in the midst of all these strikes and whatnot? Um, I don't know. I, I think this is less of a news story if these other strikes are, 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 aren't going on. So, uh, Tony, I'll start with you, and then we'll roll to Dave and, and Ray to wrap it up. I took a big break from the strike talk because I was on vacation because you know how I love these kinds of things. But I know, it's your wheelhouse. Just to, just to kind of wrap it up and in a synopsis of everything, the fact is that the people that have made a lot of money or the people that have saved a lot of money will have more time to be on strike and further their leverage. But there's probably a larger majority of people that either don't make enough money in said field to stay on strike in a long period of time or haven't saved their money. Uh, it kind of check out like the professional athletes uh, strikes where they always wonder if the large majority of younger players have done a good job saving their money and, you know, taking care of it to see if they're going to be able to sustain long enough to get exactly or as much as they can in a strike. That's kind of how I feel about it. But I don't know. I, like you said, does, do they really benefit from it? Did they think they benefited from it? You know, that was a conversation that they had. Right. Dave, your thoughts on this? Well, I think unionization is is going to be more prevalent. I wanted to go straight to that topic because anybody who's not unionized and, and Pat, I know in the organization you work for, you've seen the power of unions. I'll give a real world example from my standpoint. Every employer I've ever worked for, uh, especially the governmental entity that I used to work for, was terrified at the prospect of attorneys unionizing for a really good reason. You know, they, they, and anytime we had something that we weren't that happy about, all we'd have to do is start rattling the cage that we were thinking about unionizing. And the next thing you know, everybody comes to the table with all these different offers and stuff like that. Cause nobody wants a bunch of attorneys unionizing. That's, that's a horrific thought <laughs> to just about any employer out there. So I, I think you see that happening here the longer this strike goes on. Everybody who's been on the fringe about not unionizing because they didn't want to maybe go down that path, which could burn some bridges with the employer. You're going to see a lot less reluctance from a lot of these people out there to say, hey, let's get unionized. It's 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 all about leverage and power right now. I keep going back to that right now. The studios have the leverage. They have the power that has to change for the writers and for the actors to get what they want. And one of the, you know, one of the first steps to doing that is, yeah, get the unions involved, SAG after a big, big, huge union, you know, writers guild, big, huge union. Those are the kind of things that you need. There's a lot of other people who may or may not have struck who are kind of like obviously aligned with one group or the another. You may see more of these unions get formed because they want to get in there. They want to have the voice. They want to have some sort of power. And if you're just kind of hanging out there on your own, hoping that the studios will do the right thing, we know that's not going to happen. So I think the unionization of stuff like this is it's it's a sign of the times and you're going to see more of it. Hey, come on down to the picket line. We got the writers. We got the actors. We got the directors. We got the animators. And still to come, the guys that make the, the balloon animals. Free lemonade. Come on down. UPS is on its way as well. Cristobal's down here, too. Come on down. But you like it, like it, like it's a, it's a, I bring up, I did that to bring up UPS because it, it seems like post COVID is a prime time to strike. Doesn't it? Like a lot of things are happening in, in this new world we live in and hopefully for the better. 
All right, Ray, bring us home, and then we're going to talk about some good stuff. Well, first off, and very, very quickly, have, is there anything positive that comes from Warner Brothers right now? Because, like, when you when you get the when you when you see forget forget the company when you see the article, um, the, the byline as you say it, um, animators and this and that creators are, are the first person candy amount is probably Warner Brothers, wasn't it? That's just how shitty they are right now. Second thing I want to mention very 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 ever so briefly is I understand that our generation and our world now has a tendency to look at everything from the Hollywood scope within. Oh. Damn it, Ray had a good point oh. he was making there too. Ray Ray was peeking and the internet oh, said there no. Is, there he there's, is. There's 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 Gov- sorry, there's government's listening. We have, we have, right? They're they trying to they're trying to silence me. They I know we have a tendency, a lot of a lot of generation to look at Hollywood weird because of the money and and the things that they do and the exuberance and the decadence and all that. I don't think we really realize in totality how little writers make. We see a Shonda Rhimes or we see a Quinta Brunson, or we see some of these people, the dudes from Game of Thrones, and we see these people, and we think, well, everybody like that. The majority of these writers are living paycheck to paycheck. So the fact that they chose to strike for the good of their future shows you how important this of a situation this is. I just want I want people to remember that this isn't millionaires. This isn't like SAG after These writers don't. All these writers don't make a lot of money. I forgot one thing I wanted to say, and you brought up Game of Thrones, and it it's, goes all the way back to the beginning of the show. And the actress who plays Gaia escapes me. Um, can you help me out here? Amelia Clark. Clark. Also from Game of Thrones. Isn't it sexy as hell that she speaks Skrull and um, Dothraki? I mean, wow. And Tony's yeah. out of the show. What? All right. There you go. No, no, Shame, sir. Shame. Yeah, with the smile, with the smile he said and thought about it later, fondly. All right, let's get to our final news story of the day, and that is that as we record here on Sunday and come Monday morning, everybody's going to be talking about this. We talked about this last week. People doing a double feature viewing of. Barbie and Oppenheimer in the theater. And boy, did people do As of literally moments ago, because I just checked an article, Barbie and Oppenheimer combined have brought in the fourth highest domestic box office total in history. Barbie by itself is estimated to be at around $155 million for its opening box office. Oppenheimer brought in around 80 million in its opening box office both basically doubling projection of what they were supposed to do barbie with this 155 million dollar opening is 24th currently in all-time weekend box office opening 24th guess who's in 25th rise of skywalker it's a marvel movie oh. nope no it's a marvel movie guardian marvel three captain marvel it's Captain Marvel. We've been talking about it all the time. Captain Marvel, with its 153 million, is uh, who's in 25. Rogue One, a Star Wars series uh, story, in front of it uh, at 155, 81,681 in 24. Just for an opening weekend. So we'll see what the final number shakes out to be. We're pretty close to done with the weekend as we record. So here's the other thing. 
It's not that far from the Dark Knight, you guys. The Dark Knight, 158. Like, Barbie made Dark, my, Dark Knight money. I, I coined it earlier. Barbie, it's awesome. Barbie money. It's a new term. It's Barbie money. At the, I mean, when you're looking at post-pandemic, kind of like stuff that just kind of like, wow. This kind of, I mean, we all talked about it when the trailers were coming out that we, and Pat, when you did the, the Ken monologue, you made the comment, I'm going to have to see this in the theaters, aren't I? And I'm like, all <laughs> of us are like, reluctantly like, yeah, we're going to have to go. I mean, it started off as something that you looked at and said, hey, this looks way better than I thought it was going to. And and, and, and I was going to pose to you guys, we all agree that it looks much better, much different than we thought. What do you guys think is driving so many people to go see this movie? There's I got so a couple many- thoughts. Toys. One, it's just it's different than anything else that's that's been coming out in theaters. Period. Like it's an iconic brand. It's a, it's an iconic brand. It is a it's it's a movie that is you know it is a feminist centered film. Like I'm not gonna shy away from that. Like I haven't seen it yet. Everything I've seen from it, it's pretty clear that this is a challenging the notion of what it means to play with Barbies and and and, and who should play with Barbies and anything like that. Um, but both of these films, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about both of these, because they both, again, doubled their projection. I think this is a real argument to those who have talked about the sameness of Hollywood and the sameness of the films we're getting. It's the same thing with the Super Mario Brothers. Like, these are, these are properties, Barbie and Mario, that have never been here. And, and I think we, I think cynics underestimated how here for it audiences are and were and will be. Like I, we hear it all the time. We talk about Marvel films. Everybody talks about how tired and how they feel like everything's the same. And it's not, you know, it's nothing creative or new anymore. Um, I don't agree with that, but I understand it. And, and then like Barbie beat Barbie beat guardians three guys. Do you guys think, let me ask you this. Do you think Oppenheimer's drafting off of Barbie right now? Like, I, I don't know if it would have made the money that it would have made. If this Barbie Heimer thing hadn't caught fire. Mm-mm. I, here, here's the thing. I want to say two things. I think Barbie is connected to more people than you would imagine because it's been around for so long. So a large age gap, even to little girls this day, a large age gap of males, females, or however you identify has been associated with it in one way or another. They know someone who has had an association with Barbie or they themselves have an association with it or have someone that wants to go see it that they're connected. So it just it just hits with a lot of people. As far as bringing up the Oppenheimer thing, that's what I've been thinking about. I think Oppenheimer outdoes Barbie next weekend and almost maintains their number because I think a lot of people that couldn't have the time to do two or maybe had a family or kids or that wanted to go went to Barbie and they're going to hit Oppenheimer again. I think Oppenheimer is going to sustain more than Barbie. Maybe I'll- I uh, I think Barbie wins the box office again next week, and I don't even think it'll be close. You got to remember next uh, week on Haunted Mansion's coming out, so they're going to have another I, big movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa to Haunted Mansion! I'm serious, guys. Like, and I think Haunted like I'm going. I got my ticket to Haunted Mansion with the little O'Dowd, and here's why I'll say whoa to Haunted Mansion. When I went to buy advance tickets from my Cinemark app, it wasn't in any of the major theaters. It was in the little theaters, like yeah. the side theaters, off to the side. So that tells me Barbie's still going to be in the big theater. Oppenheimer has to. So Barbenheimer's still going to own the big IMAX theaters. And so this this has a direct effect on what I think is going to happen for Haunted Mansion. I think Haunted Mansion 
people are going to call it a dud mm-hmm. when it comes out. Even if it gets reviewed well, I don't think it's going to make the money because I think the people who didn't go see Barbie this week too are going to go check out Barbie. And I think that, you know, Oppenheimer again, like it's a Christopher Nolan movie. It is a big art piece. It's also three hours long. Wait until like late September, early October with the Halloween connection. They should have, but I don't think Disney anticipated this. I think they were looking at this like they couldn't have anticipated this. Who saw Barbie coming? Nobody. Well, not to this extent. Maybe to this extent. Maybe they were like, maybe they were like Oppenheimer. That's not our. You saw. Okay. Hold on. I got to say, Ray raised his hand. You saw Barbie doing double its projection before any trailer came out, before any of this news when Disney put this out, because I'm sorry, I don't buy that up at all. Don't don't I believe don't. me. Go listen to the go back and listen to the podcast. That you were excited about a Barbie movie. We never talked about how much money. It is. Yes, we. I go back and listen to the podcast. I've told you Barbie's gonna kill. I said, I didn't, Barbie's I'm, not, gonna... I'm not disagreeing with you. I, you're, you're, so you're saying that Barbie? You're saying that you felt that Barbie would do again double because 70, 70 to you, eighty million dollars. You As can't change the conversation to a monetary number. I didn't say any numbers. I said Barbie no, no, is going no. to kill. But, right. That's not my. That's not what I'm getting at, though. No human like, being can say Barbie's going to double because fine. there was no projections six Ray, months ago. Ray, 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 stop! You're getting you're getting pre mad. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not trying mad. To I'm responding to your. Okay. Because I haven't finished what I'm saying. Like my point is, eighty million dollars for a Barbie movie as as a projection. I'd argue that kills. That wins a box office especially in 2023. I I am frankly saying that I didn't see this. Like I didn't see this. This is it. This this became a movement between both Barbie and Oppenheimer as one. Like it really was. And I, that's what I'm getting Disney at. Disney didn't see it happening either. That's why Haunted Mansion is coming. Not at all. I think Ray's assessment is accurate in the fact that he said this was going to do way better than people think it was going to do. Now, at the same time, Patrick saying, Ray, He's asking you a question. If you could quantify something as it's going to kill, what's better than it's going to kill? And like a terminology of it's better. I don't see anything that could be as better than it's going to kill other than it's going to be the greatest movie ever released. I never said that, but I knew this movie was going to be an amazing box office success. The reason I knew and I, it. And I'm not disagreeing with your assessment on that, I guess. I, I, it, that's, that's, not, that's not where I was going. I'm just saying, because I... I as we watched trailers of this stuff come out, like 1,000%, you could tell that there was something about this movie that was going to be good. I just, I, I think that I count me among those. And I just, I don't know that I completely buy that everybody saw it coming to the extent that it has gotten to. To the extent that it Here's my other question. Double whatever its initial Can projection any, was? No. I believe in you. Ray, I believe in you. I don't not believe in Ray. I love Ray. Ray and I can what disagree. I- there's nothing to disagree if you listen to my words is what i'm telling you i literally said 200 patrick we're not talking talking opinions i'll go i'll go back i'll go back ray the problem i I will go back here's the problem he he had a really good connection to ray cashington's the 74th so he's having a hard time connecting to ray cashington's the 75th Uh, i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back i like i will do this i will come back to this program next week and I will I will go back to the archives, which is really hard on the Chairshot Radio Network because we don't have our own like YouTube channel. But I will I will find I will find our stuff. Do it in red circles. Like, red circles. Red circles easier. Oh, that's fair. Because God knows I don't need to get through all those attitude of aggression podcasts. Jesus, what a bunch of shit. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> what a backhanded plug. Yeah, I know. That's that's. So here's here's my next question. 
does anything left on the table through December have a chance to come to $155 million as a release? The, the Marvels. Marvel's no, 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 no. Well, here's the thing. Captain Marvel made 155 or uh, just under it. We like, talked, it just lost. We, so we that's about it earlier. About what it made. The mouth breathers are going to fucking destroy this movie's chances of the mouth, catching that. that, that I, don't, I don't buy that argument at all because the mouth breathers fucking destroyed this movie and it didn't matter. So here's the right? thing. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't. Sorry, Ray. Let, no, go let, let Ray it. talk. No. All right. I was just going to say, I, I don't remember hearing blowback from the Barbie trailer like we got from the Marvels. Oh, dude, right. you most, just weren't the listening. The most hated trailer you, you, of all you, time. Your, your algorithm was different. Like, I, I'm not kidding. Like, Fox yeah. has been ready to hate the Dave, um, Dave, your algorithm is off. So, who has a chance? Does anybody have a chance? Ray, you think you think the Marvels has a chance? I So, I don't I don't know if the Marvels has a chance in terms of this. Because I think the thing that nobody, what, what I saw before that I don't think a lot of people noticed or saw was... This this is the return Oppenheimer and Barbie particularly of the destination movie. A lot of movies you can it's the same thing Patrick argued about Dune One, which is why he's so disappointed that it came out on HBO Max. There most of the movies we see nowadays aren't destination movies. You can watch them on TV. You can watch them. this. This was a Barbie was going to be a moment. Oppenheimer was something you had you. I can't watch it at my house and get the same feel as I can in the theater. So. There is something we what we've missed in 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 cinema the past few years is the summer blockbuster that has almost dissipated. This was the return of that based on a number of factors, based on what the character, particularly Barbie, was, the history of it, the fact, as you mentioned, Patrick and Tunney, that this we haven't ever seen a movie to this extent. But then also, Patrick, you also alluded to it again. It's so different. That the intrigue was always going to be there. There's going to be people who want to watch it for the fact that they like Barbie. There's going to be people who want to watch it for the fact that, how could this movie be good? Then when I knew they casted Margot Robbie, who's a box office star, so I can't I, I can't compare anything to it because nothing's going to make the money that a summer blockbuster is going to make because everybody can go see it. Can I ask I you? It. I don't know. I got it, guys. Go ahead, Patrick. October 6, 2023, Craven the Hunter. Got it. Gonna okay. She's so nice. Boo yourself for no. that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a question I want to ask is, and and it's and it, it's an interesting kind of little slight. We're not taking a turn. We're just veering off into a different highway. Do you think that it was going to make a lot of money, right? And we talk about how much money it made. Do you think that it benefited, or or how much do you think it benefited to be getting, uh, brought up with Oppenheimer? Do you know what I'm saying? The fact that these two were released at the same time and being talked about at the same time. Do you think it furthered the validity of of people that might not have gone to see? I, I just it feels like they both benefited, but Barbie really benefited more from a movie that has such um, unbelievable historic it's, significance. It's 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 the so opposite. funny that you keep saying it because I, I think it's the, it's the opposite. opposite of that. Yeah, I think exactly it's Barbie helped Oppenheimer Absolutely. so much. I don't think, and, so. and I I really I think that um, I'm sitting here looking at movies like I'm going through IMDb's like release schedule. Yeah. I don't get. I don't see a movie, maybe the Marvels, but November is like I see the Marvels. I don't think the Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes movie is going to do it. It don't have uh, Jen in it, so it's not the same. Right. Like it's it's not. Uh, and I, then you get into December, this. and December's got Wonka. That's no. not going to do it. If Dune, Wonka's if on, Dune part, on Netflix, isn't it? I don't know. No, Wonka's 
uh, Timothy Anderson. Chalamet. I'll in say the this, man. If Dune Part 2 does come out in 2023, it's got an outside nope. chance. No, because I just went and looked and saw how much Dune 1 made. Dune only made $44 million. On but Dune came out in the pandemic, though, so it's not the same. Sure, So, but I would say it would make Oppenheimer money. I don't think it'll make... Uh, because it's also the same problem that Oppenheimer runs into, too. It's also about diminishing returns in the number of times you can screen it. Because Dune is this like long, sprawling epic that takes multiple hours to watch. They're going to do that again. Like It's just too much content. So it hurts itself a little bit because it's not going to get value. the same. Yeah, it's just you can't nothing. watch it. I think you're accurate, but you're describing it on a bias. No. With respect to Oppenheimer, and I mean genuinely true respect, Christopher Nolan is amazing. This is a movie that is a historical depiction of a particular time in our our history that is three hours long based on the the trials, tribulations, and life of one person based quite literally on one moment. Everybody's not into that. Yeah, but everybody's into a collection of unbelievable actors directed by an amazing director with what looks like to be amazing cinematography and a good story. That's what it then looks why like. Why did nobody watch uh, uh, the, the every move? There's so many movies that have great cast that people don't watch. I mean, then. because this one's well done. So, okay. Ray, no, nobody's disputing that. Touch. That's, you can you can just but you can you can say that on any genre, Ray. Like that's that's my that's my argument with what you just said. It's like you could say that about any genre. There's always something that's overhyped that doesn't deliver. It's not overhyped until it does deliver. This one, I will, I will point out. I do think that, like, if if you look at sort of quote unquote a mainstream audience, and you put these two movies on in front of them cold, like this is again, Barbie's a name, Barbie's a brand, and yeah, Christopher Nolan is a name and a brand. Like people are going to pick Barbie over Oppenheimer first every time, and most of the time, unless they love historical epics. You know, like there's just not as many Ben Hur fans out there anymore. Like it's just or, not. Or they're or they're a Killian Murphy super fan. And and the other thing is, think right. about the time investment. Barbie's not much of a time investment as opposed to Oppenheimer's three hours. That's a factor. And, and this isn't disparaging Oppenheimer Once at all. The other one changed the world. Whatever. I love Barbie, but come on. Barbie changed the world. No, we're not. You're you're talking about like. And actually, I would say there's a pretty significant argument about how Barbie's influenced. Every, it changed like, the world massively. Yes. It's, like, it's, just, it's, like, it's like saying that like there's a whole other discussion and conversation we'd have about toys someday. That what kind of breaches Barbie have outside the world? Oh, outside U.S., outside the United States. So, all right, guys. All, all of this is saying, I think that Barbie wins the box office next week. I think she wins it running away. I think the Haunted Mansion will third behind Oppenheimer, and I don't even think it's going to be particularly close. I feel bad. Like, the little O'Dowd is so excited for this uh he he was not he was not down for barbie uh but you know not every you know not everybody's a barbie fan i guess um he's one of the few <laughs> very few i still want to see this movie i don't i what's what's tough is i don't know when i'm going to be able to see either of them because of just you know how life works so we'll, we'll have to figure it out anyway we're at the end of the show it's that time i've already talked about what's coming out and what i'm seeing this weekend uh, that's right, Haunted Mansion, which does, again, has a stellar cast. Looks like a lot of fun, though I was. Um, I, I don't know if I just missed that Jared Leto was cast as the Hatbox Ghost, but as Dave knows when I texted him about it, it, it did crush my soul a little bit because I'm not a, not a big Jared Leto fan after the last couple of outputs. He, he, uh, he's not winning me over. 
but I'll, I'll go ahead and kick off what I've been watching. So Little O'Dowd and I just finished watching Parks and Rec. So we transitioned to a series neither of us have watched, uh, but is done by the same set of writers. And that's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So we're starting, we started Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, yesterday and giving it a watch. I've never watched it. Winning Cold. We enjoyed the pilot, which is always one of those things when the pilot is, pilot's always like the, the test run. So you never know how it's going to go. We'll be starting to watch The Witcher uh, after we finish Secret Invasion. And on um, Amazon Prime, I, uh, Good Omens comes out this week too. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I looked at the time on the recording. That's cool. I, I, uh, that's all right. And we can talk about it next week. Okay. We, I didn't want to mention it. I just wanted to text week. you directly. It's all right. It's cool. Uh, I've, I, I, got, I, got, I got caught up in the show. I, too much Barbie. I, I misrepresented. Yeah, too much Ray, Barbie. Ray, Ray and I... Ray and I had a, had a little bit of a thing, and I caught up in that. Oh, uh, sounds you know, like, like hurt everybody's relationship. Sounds like a like, crisis. I'm myself. Can Dave and I be given a solid 10 minutes next week? You guys can, and Ray too. Like, Ray likes Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Mm-hmm. Not as much as they do, but yeah. Well, you're oh. going to like the new one better, you Ray, then. There you go. I'm big fan is I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, so that's what I'm watching and what I'm going to be watching uh, this week. Let's go. Uh, let's go with uh, Tony was on vacation. So who knows what he's been watching? Let's go with Ray. What you been watching and what you going to watch? Um, you know, the usuals I've been watching. Um, I mentioned to you guys that show on uh, Apple TV plus uh, swagger. That's that's me and my daughter's uh, show. It's really picking up. It's getting really good. But in terms of what I'm going to watch, new movie just dropped that's been kind of infamously uh pop famous recently and that is they Sh- they clone tyrone on netflix um john boyega tayana paris aka monica rambo jamie fox and i believe this is the movie jamie fox had the incident where he got sick but um oh, yeah. oscar buzz aplenty in this movie i'm looking forward to it i'm gonna drop the kid off tonight I'm gonna go home and curl up with a nice cup of nice 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 aromatic cup of Hawaiian punch. Some pappy. And You're going to get movie. that 24-year-old pappy and just <laughs> kick back, right? Kick back, brother. Yeah, so that's definitely, I'm looking forward to that, yes. Uh, Dave, what do you got? So last week, I forgot to mention one of the shows that I'm watching. I'm in, in season two, and it's, it's if for people like me who love this sort of stuff, uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is a tremendous show. I, I mean, even if you're a skeptic, some of the stuff they are getting, actually getting on video will give you some time to stop and say, okay, <laughs> there's something going on here. Um, I, the show's really good. It's a very scientific approach. Sure, it's dramatized, but they are getting some pretty revolutionary footage uh, for paranormal stuff like that. Um, the other thing, and I mentioned it to you guys in the in the chat, and I can't stress this enough, watch the, uh, you know, the DC documentary on Max because it is simply amazing it is fantastic they didn't you know I, I watched the stanley documentary on on disney plus and in the words of patrick o'dowd i would say it is fine it is very disney-fied they sugarcoat the shit out of a lot of stuff this superpower does not do that it doesn't pull punches it flat out comes out and says the stuff that marvel did better than them it comes out and talks about the formation of image and why they killed off superman because they were in third place and they needed to do something. They unapologetically say we needed to do something. This guy told us. Spoiler, everything. Dave. Spoiler. It's it's well known. But like the guy, they were saying how the guy in the meetings would always say, what do you want to do? And there's one guy who'd always say, let's kill him. 
talking about Superman. And everybody I like that guy. And everybody, yeah, I, I know like you that do, guy. Ray. You're a piece <laughs> of shit that you are. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, and then like the one time wow. they, one time they did suggest that, and their response was, "Well, then what happens after that?" And that's what got the whole ball rolling as far as them deciding to kill off Superman. Uh, there, they even have a guy like you on the show, Ray, who just says, "Good, I hope they kill him. I hate him." You know that sort of thing. Uh, I like that guy too. Yeah, we 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 have one episode left, but it's it's really really well done, and it's just a, a and it's smart of DC to do this at this point in time to kind of say we know we've made mistakes historically. Here's how we're trying to fix that. So, um, yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, I, like you, Pat, next weekend going to go see Haunted Mansion. Looking forward to seeing that. Going to try and get in Barbie at some point. Oppenheimer going to try that. May have to wait for you know the home theater so you can break it up into digestible pieces or something. But that's what I, I've been doing lately. Tony stars on Mars. I, well, yeah, I've been watching stars on Mars. <laughs> obviously it's getting good. They brought in four new people, four new celebrities. Uh, Shaddy daddy's still the one they're communicating it with from earth. Um, there's a master chef season going on as well, but tune in next week to find out whether, cause I only have time to go watch one and I'm, I'm not sure yet. Tune in next week to whether or not PC Tony went to see Barbie or Oppenheimer. I, Close mean, your eyes. I mean, I'm not sure yet. I predict I'm not, it's I mean, the one sure ending yet. in Heimer. Me too. Me too. Like, I don't know. I, I the odds are going to be so ridiculous. I'm leaving. I'm leaning towards Barbie, actually, but we'll see. I'm, He's going to bring his Barbies with him. To the, I don't have any Sit them on the little tray that you get now. There's nothing wrong with that. Get a Ken doll, at least. Yeah, well, get get you Barbie. Know what, um, do you know why Bar- do I Ken go and get Barbie pregnant? No, don't. Please don't. Okay. We've had enough of you and me and Tony or, uh, and Dave. And Ray, Raven S. Cashington, Esquire, the 75th. Um, oh, sorry. One last movie that I am going to check out. It's on Apple TV Plus. comes out on Friday. It's called The Beanie Bubble. It is about uh, Beanie Babies and its rise and fall as a company. Um, mildly interested in it. stars Zach Galifianakis and uh, Elizabeth Banks is in it as well. Yeah. Um, I, I actually thought we'd shared the trailer, and apparently we didn't. But... Uh, Apple TV Plus, uh, interested in checking that out. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerd. Uh, before we get out of here, let's do a quick once around. Tell everybody where they can find you on the Chairshot Radio Network and on the socials as you see fit. This week, we will start with PC Tunny. Uh, follow me at PC Tunny and continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms and at thechairshot.com. David Ungar, the lawyer. Well, I mean, if you're not like Patrick O'Dowd and actually give a shit about the attitude of aggression, you can follow us at Attitude Ag. The big four, by the way. That's right. Up. At Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. But of course, if you hate everything that we've said here today about Barbie, about Oppenheimer, send your hate tweets to at It's Me DPP. Why, Tony? Yeah, because F that guy. I, I, I used up all my swear words already. did use your a lot, but didn't you? Very much. You did swear a lot on the show. Ray, before you get started, I do want to publicly on the podcast, sorry if I gaslit you. I wasn't trying to do that when we were talking about the Barbie thing. I hope it's cool. I wasn't trying to get you upset. Um, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, you, you can find me at rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.rc.r
You can. Oh, right. I, ICQ on. I'm gonna give my ICQ number on uh the on oh, the, the 300 episode. Old school. AOL. Uh, talk, talking old AIM. school. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Make sure you have a good away message uh, for for AIM, man. You can't. It was all about the away message. Man. Oh, didn't, I was didn't saying, just man. have an away message. My all grandma right. would be like, "Who's all that knocking? Don't worry about it. Just leave it alone." <laughs> All right, you can catch me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. If you feel like jumping over to Threads, I'm on there too. Same handle. Uh, make sure you follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds. I haven't posted on band- at Bandwagon Nerds in a while. We should probably get back on that. It's probably time for a poll. I know what we should do. I got it. What movie should PC Tunny see this weekend? Barbie or Oppenheimer? And Tunny has to go to the winning poll result. Honey, you down? Like All I, right. Going Tuesday, though. Shit. Okay, well, we'll do the poll today. We're recording Sunday, the listen Monday, you know. Yeah. All right. Somebody will get out there and put that up. I'm sure it'll – hopefully it's me. I don't know. I don't even remember what the password is. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm not putting it up because I would like free choice, but someone puts it up, I will follow it. <laughs> free yeah. choice? This is America. What's wrong with you? Hey, we That's should add, add Mission Impossible to the poll just to send Tony to a movie he's got no familiarity with. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to do that to him. We, he, is, he has a conundrum. The bandwagon faithful will help them. Make sure you all jump on to at bandwagon nerds and vote uh, if you get this. If you didn't get it and see it already, you know how it goes. That's going to do it for this week's of bandwagons. Now get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun. And make sure that you force Tony to go see Barbie because he really wants to see Oppenheimer. You've all heard it. Barbie for the win. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. President. <laughs> Damn people just giving out classified information. Lock this whole place down right now. Unbelievable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. Calm down. Calm down. Do something. I dare you. Stand down. Stand down. Fury's just very excited to see me. Listen, <laughs> the uh, country appreciates your service to the president tonight, but I'm here now. You can go. You must be out of your scroll-ass mind. You think I'm going to let you get anywhere near the president? Well, in order to out me, Nick, you're going to have to kill me. And you don't want to kill me because you're not ready to die. But, uh, 
being as I'm not one to pull a gun and not use it, let me give you a little heads up. In about 60 seconds, the footage of you killing Maria Hill is gonna lead off every news program all across the hemisphere. That's right. And you're gonna become the most wanted and hated man on the planet. You didn't. Oh, yeah. I did. I really, really did. So TikTok, Nick. Consider this a preview, Nick. Because if you ever get within 100 yards of the president again, I'm going to make sure you get the whole show. Hmm. Tell Gravick I'm coming for him. <laughs> Tell him yourself. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.